Welcome to Signs of Life, Exploring Survival of Consciousness, brought to you by Forever Family Foundation, on the web at foreverfamilyfoundation.org. I call your name, the echo is haunting, the echo is always the same. I call your name, the echo is haunting, an echo So I call your name Your name Are good? Okay, welcome to the uh, gathering on Signs of Life Radio. I'm Bob Ginsberg, and I'm joined by Tom and Melissa Gould, as always. And we are going to be discussing your questions uh, relating to an afterlife and Obviously, um, we don't have the answers. We don't have all the answers, but we try based upon what we know. So uh, feel free to join us tonight. Um, many of you had uh, have emailed your questions in, and um, or uh, we welcome your participation and the sharing with us. The number here is 888-627-6008. Uh, the only thing I should mention is that our Forever Family Foundation Holidays Past Medium Raffle is in full swing, and you can win a reading with one of five uh, different uh, mediums. Uh, costs five bucks a chance, so you can uh, do that via our website. So uh, let's get to some of the the questions. I mean, there's there's one here. Um, th- this person had a a very close relationship with their dog. Um, he actually, you know, thought of his dog as his son. Um, and I guess his question regarding his dog would be the same as if um, it was, you know, uh, another, you know, loved one. And, and and the question was, you know, is his dog Charlie with him throughout the day or does he only visit him in the night? Um, and the, the follow-up is, do they come here? you know, throughout the day. So I don't know um, why a, a dog would be different, you know, than a human. I think our human loved ones can visit us, you know, day or night, maybe because, maybe his feeling is he's getting more signs. He gets signs from, you know, his deceased dog, and maybe he gets more, you know, signs, you know, at night than he does during the day. Um, and we know that like dogs have some heightened senses and so maybe they, see things that that humans don't in that range, but you want to weigh in on that one? Well, there's a couple of things that came to mind. Uh, First of all, you know, night is when things are more calm and uh, you don't have all the noise of the day to distract. And that could be why signs come through better. Uh, But, uh, and, and I guess your caller or your, the questioner definitely feels that the, the dog is with him and still uh, able to uh, share in his life. I remember when we were doing a uh, Forever Family Foundation event at a college and I was sitting out at the uh, merchandise table and one of the custodians came over and he, he knew what we were up to and he wanted to share, desperately wanted to share that he had a near-death experience and the first thing he said that when he 
passed out and uh, he, he could see a, a big meadow and there bounding towards him was his uh, childhood dog. So yes, uh, there is, there is still an afterlife for pets as well. And they will remember you. I think and I, th- I agree with Tom too, that the dog's owner or father is more relaxed at night possibly. And that's when he can receive more messages. So that. That's likely. I don't. I don't think there's any sort of time of day on the other side. And you're right, Bob, that the dog has you know, this higher, the higher senses that that we don't have, which yeah. may play a part. And as you know, Lloyd Albeck says, uh, you know, who's Lloyd's in, who's an expert in apparitions and ghosts and so forth. That you know, it's it's kind of a misnomer that that ghosts are only visible, you know, at night. I mean, they, they just like you say, I mean, it doesn't, the time doesn't really matter. But, you know, before we go to our, our next um, email question, let, let's take a live call. Um, we have uh, Jeannie from Kansas. Hello, Jeannie. Hello. Hello. First of all, I want to tell you, thank you so much for keeping this program on the air. Uh, I know it takes a lot of time and effort and I so appreciate everyone being a, participating and keeping this on the air. Well, thank you for saying that. um, My question is this. It is common in near-death experiences to go through a life review, correct? Correct. That seems to be a common common theme in the, as someone crosses over the veil, they have a life review. Okay, and in that life review, they can um, experience good things that they've done and maybe some unpleasant things that they've done. And there's no, no outside judgment, um, just the person's own thoughts and feelings about maybe they could have done better or they um, give themselves a pat on the back for doing a good job. Okay, so if we all know in this life, on the physical side, that we have done something to hurt someone and we regret it, and we ask for forgiveness from our, you know, higher selves or our creator or whoever you want to ask forgiveness, do you think that that part of the life review will be erased, that we've kind of atoned for it already in while we're in the physical realm, and then maybe we don't have to look at it again in the life review? Maybe it's taken care of. What do you think about that? I mean, that makes sense to me. If if we truly um, uh, are remorseful about something that we did, and we truly, you know, atone for it, and uh, you know, to the to the depths of our soul, so to speak, I would imagine that's um, that's something that we might experience in a, in a life review as one of the positive things, you know, that we've done in our lives, you know, um, maybe that atonement in and of itself was, was something that we'll feel good about. I think you got everything right. I mean, it's not every near-death experiencer that goes through a life review, but a large percentage do. And that's really intriguing to us about those life reviews, because, you know, just imagine if we were able to feel, you know, the, 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 the good that we that we um, we did to others and also feel the pain 
and, and the remorse from doing harmful things. If we were only able to do that in the physical, this would be a, a totally different place, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, you mm-hmm. know, why do we have to wait until, you know, it's crossing over? I, I understand that it's for the purpose of our own self-judgment. And it's very likely that we wind up uh, among people of of, uh, of like mind, so to speak, you know, in, in the afterlife realm. So, uh, I mean, my opinion, and we can ask Tom and Melissa, but is that, yeah, what you said is true. I mean, if, if we can take care of it here, it's one less thing that we're going to uh, have to deal with when we have that review. What are your thoughts? Um, I sure hope so. <laughs> yeah. I want to jump in too, because hi, Jeannie. I wrestle with this a lot. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, nothing, nothing major that I feel I need to atone for, but just any wrong that I think I may have inadvertently done to someone. It's like, oh my goodness, you know, I don't, I don't want to have this hanging over my head, and I don't know whether you know. Sometimes it's something we could make right now by revisiting it with if it were an individual um if it was something we could do maybe even not not bringing up whatever it was but doing well in a different sense or maybe paying it forward in a different regard to somebody else but with that sort of being in our minds i mean it's it's our minds we're talking about so it's how how we're viewing things, but it, it sure mm-hmm. makes it tricky. It, it's just, um, it's something on my mind a lot. So you're not allowed <laughs> thinking about it. What do you think, Tom? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree that, you know, most people make the afterlife review and then are confronted with this. But as you said, if you know that there are things that will come up that you're not that you may be ashamed of or not certainly not proud of in your life, whenever you atone for it, that's what's important. And and again, it's a self-review that you're not being judged by anybody but yourself. So if you can come to grips on this plane with uh, the things that you're, you want to uh, show remorse for and atone for, then yeah, absolutely. I think that will help. And as Bob says it, it may even show up as a good positive in your life review that you were able to deal with this before it was too late, so to speak. And, you know, and, and it's certainly backed up. I mean, that's why uh, uh, the Catholics have confession that you are atoning as you go along and then you are absolved of those sins. So it's whether a priest is absolving you or you're absolving yourself, I think that's that's the important thing that, that you address it and you show remorse and, uh, and then you move on. Mm-hmm. Wow. Good answers. Um, I think that if we knew beyond any doubt, 99.9% that we knew that there was an afterlife, well, I believe it a hundred percent, but if everybody did, can you imagine how, what effect it would have on people's lives if they knew they didn't die and they went on. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. And that's, it's just, just a mind blowing really to think about it. If you, if yeah. you really knew that you, you didn't die, how would you live your life today? Right. Exactly. And even if you didn't know for sure, if you lived your life as if you were, wouldn't you be a better person ultimately anyway? Yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah. And and, and, well, and don't forget many of the things, you know, that we deal with today um, are a result of our own fears and phobias, you know, about death and, and uh, not being liberated from that, as you say, Jeannie, would be, um, you know, an amazing thing. I mean, perhaps, you know, we wouldn't have um, we wouldn't have, uh, you know, uh, as many uh, addictions and phobias and and. and and people taking their own lives and so forth, because there's another place to come, you know, that's in many respects, you know, better than this. So Jeannie, thank you for participating. We appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Have a great night. Right. Take care. Um, Before we go back to the the questions, let's, let's take another call. We have uh, Michelle uh, on line too. Uh, Hello, Michelle. Hi. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, so I was wondering if when somebody passes over, are they with you like much of the time or once they merge with the light, are they just, they're in that area of the world and they're not with you anymore? Well, you know, that, that, that's a question that comes up a lot. As a matter of fact, in some of the emails that I, people have sent in, that very question comes up. You know, people want to know, are they with me? Are they with me all the time? Are they remain part of our lives? Do they see what we're doing mundane things and so forth? Yeah. And, um, you know, the question is, um, I think at the, at the beginning, when I say the beginning, I mean, when somebody's new to the afterlife realm, the most important thing to them is to get a message to you as their lo- surviving loved one that they still exist. So, you know, there's, there's, there's a sense of urgency um, and that may not be as easy as it sounds. I mean, you're thrust in this new environment. Um, can't be easy to to cross dimensions and be able to get your, your thoughts across. So, you know, maybe they have help on the other side. And it is true that more of these after-death communications take place um, closer to the, to the time of, of death than, you know, as time as we know it moves on. So, um, but... From all of the reports from mediums and everything else that that we know, they do remain a part of our lives. And, and you know, they, they may eventually uh, not communicate as much as they're certainly, uh, they're growing on the other side. They have a different perspective. There's many things to do. Um, but I used an example that I told recently, and I'll, I'll mention it here. I, um, to, to answer your question, how much, are they involved in our personal lives? I was, um, you know, uh, and I, I apologize if some of you may have heard this, but I was in my home washing the dishes at my uh, kitchen sink. And sometimes when I'm, you know, alone, I just, I talk to my wife, my deceased wife out loud, just something that, that I do because I feel that, you know, she's still, you know, still around. So I said to her, I, I don't care what you say. This kitchen is poorly designed. When I wash the dishes, this water starts pouring out of the sink and everything gets wet. Um, so the next morning I got an email from a um, one of the, our certified mediums and who was friendly with, with my wife. And, and she said, look, I was doing my, my morning meditation uh, you know, not trying to communicate with anybody. And, and Fran broke into my meditation and said, would you please get a message to, to Bob and mention the kitchen sink? So that to me 
um, was sort of a wow. I guess she really is listening when I'm saying this stupid <laughs> stuff, you know. So, so you know, so it's so that's something obviously you know stupid and mundane, but it's just her way of letting me know that she's around, you know. So I think that do I think that they're with you when you go to the bathroom and when you're brushing your teeth and all this other stuff? Uh, I doubt it, you know. I mean, but when you when you think about them or you talk to them. Or you um, you have an, an um, uh, emotional thoughts about them, whether that's you know either love or sadness. I think that they could pick up on you know on that. So that's a long winded answer. How about you guys? What do you think, Tom and Melissa? Well, I I certainly agree with everything you shared, Bob. It, you know, it made me think, Michelle, as I was listening to you and and to Bob that. Uh, I was reflecting on motherhood and it, not that our, you know, you were talking specifically about a, a parent, but that phrase, the best job you can do as a mother is to do yourself out of a job. And maybe that's true with our loved ones. You know, we, we bring people into our lives. We love them. They love us. And if it's a job well done, we don't really need to have them around us all the time. And just know in your heart that they really are there. And someday we will be together again. Yes, but and they will. Uh, you can call them. You can talk to them as Bob did, and then they will hear you. Uh, Melissa has a great an analogy that if you're uh, at a party and you're talking to some people and then there's another group of people uh, close by but not part of your conversation – and you hear your name, you immediately turn and go, whoa, somebody's talking about me. It's kind of the same on the other side, that if you mention their name, they will say, oh, somebody's talking. And and as Bob also said, uh, I've seen countless medium readings where the medium or the spirit will communicate through the medium to the sitter that, Oh, your wedding. I was there. Oh, you've got a birthday coming up. I'm going to be there. So, yeah, they're they're around. And what I also like to couch all of this, and I do it often, is to realize that, you know, our souls are eternal. Thousands of years we will exist, whereas our physical being will be here a hundred years, if that, not even, you know, and, and in the term of thousands of years, a hundred years is just a blip. And, uh, you know, what I, the way I like to think about it is if you're in on a row on a, uh, a Ferris wheel, which this life is a Ferris wheel and you get in your, your little cart and you're, you're going up and you're going around and then the Ferris wheel stops and somebody gets off. Well, if that's your loved one getting off, you're not up at the top of the Ferris wheel going, oh, no, you know, I can't enjoy this ride because my loved one got off. No, they're, they're down there. They wave to you to show that they had a good time, and you wave back. And then before you know it, you're getting off and you're back together. So uh, I think, and as what Melissa referred to, of doing themselves out of a job, when they come back and look at us or be with us and a lot of times they're at weddings they're at parties they want to be there when you're having fun when there's music and laughter and comedy they will come and, and enjoy that with you if you're sitting in home and moping 
they don't want to see that. They don't want to see you moping. They don't want to see you in grief. Of course, you're going to be in grief. You can't stop that. But uh, the uh, the spirit wants you to enjoy the rest of your ride on the physical plane and that you will be together again when it's done. Well, thanks, Michelle. I hope that answers one of your questions anyways. Thank you. All right. Take care. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Okay. Um, so let's go back to some of the emails that were sent. And uh, does a person who was narcissistic and abusive towards others in life change once they get to the other side? And the second part of that is, can the victim refuse to see them after they have passed? And that's an interesting question. So I would say for the first part of the question, um, I would say, sure, a person who is narcissistic and abusive in the physical life um, certainly will have a different perspective once they wake up in a new world. However, um, it may take a longer period, at least in time as we know it, for them to change and progress and to learn. And, uh, you know, and, and so a person that was abusive um, may not wind up on the same sphere or frequency or whatever you want to call it, you know, that you, you might, because um, you were a better person, you know, and you, you, you did more good than, than that person. So, but I think eventually everybody in the afterlife realm um, does uh, get enlightened to a certain degree. The other part of your question, can a victim refuse to, you know, so, you were abused and now you're in the afterlife and the last person you want to see is the person who, who abused you. But again, you have a much di- different perspective now that you're on the other side. So I, we have free will here and we have free will there. So I guess um, if your decision is that you want to want to have anything to do with that person, uh, you can, you, know, you can use your free will to make that happen. Um, so, um, what do you guys think? Well, you know, it, this ties into an earlier question about the, the life review. And, uh, what I've heard about the life review is that when your life flashes before you, all the wrongs that you have done to other people, you feel how it made them feel. So you get you get the the abuse and and i again i refer to countless medium reading readings where somebody comes through <laughs> and the person says i don't want to talk to that son of a bee yeah I, I, he was abusive in my life and but they come through almost 100% of the time because they want to apologize uh, there have been so many apologies that I have seen in readings from the very people that uh, made your life miserable, and where it, where you're sitting there going, I don't even want to think about this person. They need to reach out and and let you know that they know they're now that they were how wrong they were. Yeah, I think what what's that phrase, Tom, about? forgiving or um you know letting go of something because it's it's the point that what's about drinking the poison well uh, yeah there's an old expression about if you stay angry anger 
is a poison that you drink and expect somebody else to get sick. So holding on to anger and resentment is only hurting yourself. It's, it's, it's bad for your health. If you can see it in yourself to forgive that person, I know that's not an easy thing to do, but forgiveness is the healthiest thing that you can do. You know, I recall a part of the book we like to talk about a lot. Um, oh, gosh. Testimony of Light. Yes, thank you. <laughs> In Testimony of Light, there was people of similar nature, or if, you, if in this physical world, you're putting on a facade, all facades are dropped when you get to the other side, and you'll find yourself in soul groups with those same people. And I think you can avoid those groups. I mean, if you're a good person and have not mistreated others, you won't find yourself in the same soul group as these narcissistic evil doing people. But I, I, I think it's, there's some, there should be some neutralizing of what they did as Tom said in that life review, because they'll see the air of their ways. And if they have not, uh, well, first of all, I think that life review part is what I could call hell, you know, versus any place good or bad that you go to. It's just something you've created for yourself from your own acts. So I I think that we don't have to worry about encounters with these people that mistreated us. If, If that's probably the underlying concern. Okay, let's uh, take another call. We have uh, Melissa, uh, um, another Melissa. How can we not take Melissa's call? Really? Oh, oh, hello, Melissa. Hi, how are you? All right, how are you doing? I'm good. I just had a quick question. Yeah. So my mother had passed away, and my sister and I were, well, thinking about doing the Ouija board, but we didn't know if that was a good idea. Um, is that a good way to get a hold of a loved one or not really. Well, you know, Ouija boards have a long history and, you know, I mean, they were used a hundred years ago um, in the, you know, physical mediums uh, in seances and even people gathered in seances without a medium and, and, and made contact. I know that there are some mediums and people in the spiritual community that say uh, stay away from them uh, because you're inviting um, negative energy and malevolent spirits to come through. Um, I don't personally believe that. Um, I think that a Ouija board um, is certainly worth a try. I know my wife and I tried it uh, a couple of times, uh, not successfully, I, I might add. But um, listen, when you when you want to communicate with somebody on the other side. I think you'll try a lot of different things, you know, so you never know what's going to work. So a lot of people may disagree with that answer, but um, I don't really have any problem with it. Um, do, you, do you, Tom and Melissa, did you ever use a Ouija board? Well, I have, <laughs> I'm going to jump in because I certainly have, and I did it with my own mom growing up. Yeah. And, and Melissa, I'd have to say, I don't know if you've done it before in just in general or for entertainment, but what I do recall is, you have to sit for quite a long time. It's not like in the movies where it starts to zip around. I don't think we knew better 
to ask for only good intention spirits when I was younger. But I think that's the issue they bring up in the movies that you've you've welcomed anybody. And I know from in my family, we were like, is anybody there? Is anyone there who wants to talk to us? And, and we use the word anyone and nothing ill intentioned ever came of it. But we we did enjoy watching the planchette slide around the board and, you know, right. Copying down the messages. It's worth a try. And the other thing I might suggest trying is um, like a pendulum and asking yes or no questions. You, How would we know for sure if it was my mom coming through and not something else? You Well, if you ask yes or no questions, and again, nothing's foolproof, but if you thought of things that only she would know or that you, let's see, you wouldn't want to think that you were influencing the pendulum. So maybe have somebody... Well, if you're doing it with your sister, have your sister ask a question that you couldn't possibly know the okay, answer to, good. Yeah. but your mom would know the answer to, that might help. And then you're holding it, if you're holding the pendulum, but she's asking the question and you do not know the answer, you first establish, you first establish which direction it swings that means yes for you and which direction it swings to mean no for you. And you could establish that just by asking a general question like, you know, is today Thursday or, um, you know, just I always have trouble coming up with those basic questions, but (laughs) I don't know why, but just something that, you know, is has a definite yes or a definite no answer and then notice which way it swings. But it's, you know, it's it's worth a try, and, and it could be kind of exciting. Yeah, you know, as, as you were saying, that two things came to mind that you touched on, Melissa. That is, um, well, both Melissa's, actually. But, but um, <laughs> you, you know, we often ask why um, in, in all the medium readings, um, negative energy or negative entities never come, they, they never come through. They just don't. And, and the, the answer that the mediums give is that they don't come through because they surround themselves with, with light and ask their guides, you know, not to bring through anything that's negative. And what Melissa said is true. You would use the same principle in a Ouija board. I mean, it's not doing it through a medium, but you yourself, as Melissa mentioned, it would just um, ask, you know, um, spirit to surround you with, with light and allow only um uh, positive energy, energy to come through. And the other point I was thinking of was that, so you may, when you question, how do you know? So let's say this planchette is moving around the board, you know, spelling out things. So you might question whether it's your own movements that are consciously or unconsciously making the planchette move or whether this really is spirit influence. You know, when you think about it, you know, we have the same problem with, after death communications, sometimes, you know, people question whether they're imagining it, you know, or it's real, you know, sometimes it, it's, it's one or the other. So um, there are some similarities, I think, between, you know, a Ouija board and the other things that we talk about. Yeah. And I, I want to reiterate that, uh, that before you do any kind of communication, whether it's a pendulum or a Ouija board or through meditation, Always start, as Bob says, you imagine 
a white light coming down from above and completely surrounding your body, protecting you. And as Bob said, that's what mediums do before they do a reading. And what Melissa said was also a great thing that when you're doing a Ouija board, ask for specific people. The, is anybody out there, you know, there, I have read books where they say, oh, my gosh, you've just opened the door to all the things <laughs> in the world. Don't be doing that. So, and I agree, you want to protect yourself. Uh, and surrounding yourself in the white light, inviting positive, loving energy only, things like that. Do that first. And then experiment with anything, whatever works for you. If you find something that works, then that's the best thing ever. And let us know. <laughs> yes. All right. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Good luck, Melissa. Thanks Thank for Thank you calling. so much. You're welcome. Bye now. Bye. So here's a question. Um, person, people are going to think this is a setup, but it's not. <laughs> My question is how much is too much? I had a reading with one of your newest certified mediums and she mentioned the medium's name this year and she was awesome but i'd like to get several readings uh, a year almost like checking in with those who have passed and she asked about a a series of four questions i said it's a setup because i I address all four of those questions in in the book that i wrote (laughs) but i swear (laughs) this was one that came in you know one uh you know, I, am I expecting too much if I have three or four readings per year? Um, in my opinion, uh, no. I, I think three or four uh, readings per year are reasonable. We've done surveys at the foundation asking people how many readings that they normally have. And the average seems to be um, two or three a year. I would say having 15 or 20 a year may be an issue, you know, but um you know, having anywhere from like one to five, you know, because, you know, it always becomes a thing of how much is, you know, is, is enough. You know, if you're getting really strong readings, you know, it may be even somewhat unfair to ask your loved one to keep replicating, you know, keeping up that, that high thing. So um, I, I assume you guys agree with that. Um, I'd like. I'd, I'd say good luck getting that many readings a year. With yeah, a, with that's a, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if you can get a, a, that many readings, you're you're very fortunate. Yeah, you know, speaking for myself, that having uh, been to readings with most of our uh, certified mediums, you know, just to check, I uh, I kind of you know. It, it, I don't need another reading. It's, you know, what the messages are always kind of the same that your loved one is still with you, still doing fine on the other side, loves us, misses us, can't wait to see us again. Uh, And, you know, once you believe that, how much how much money do you want to set down for somebody else to keep telling you that? And oh, you can listen to the recording because you should always record your readings. That's that's a great point. Uh, always and I always bring a recorder of some course. Your phone is is the, probably the best. Yeah. Uh, you just hit record button because so many times you you get an hour long reading. And especially when you're hearing from people you didn't expect to hear from, or they bring up something that puzzles you. And I I don't know what that means. 
when you go back and listen later, you go, oh, that's what they were talking about. Or if they predict something, it's always interesting to listen later to see if any of those predictions came true. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it was a series of four questions, and I'll just run through it quickly. I mean, does spirit enjoy having the readings? I would say, going back to what we said before, their primary goal, at least at the beginning, is to let you know that they still they still exist. So in that respect, I don't know if I'd call it enjoy, but it's important to them. So I would say yes. Am I disturbing them or pulling them away from their jobs on the other side by having the readings? I would say no, because you have a love bond with them and it's not disturbing as we think of it. You know, if they, they want to give you evidence that they survive. So I, I would, I would, I would say definitely they're not disturbed by it. The last thing was, should you stay consistent with the same medium or have readings from different mediums each time? My feeling um, is that I would much rather get corroboration from different mediums than by going back to the same medium. I mean, if I go back to the same medium, some mediums do remember the conversations that they had and the information that they provided. Some don't. So then you always wonder, are they just repeating what they said, you know, the last time? And if, and if I could go to two or three different mediums and they all could bring new evidence, not the same evidence, but new evidence, that makes my belief even stronger. So my personal feeling, now I understand why, people want to go back to the same medium. And that's generally because if they had a, a strong reading, they feel that their loved one in spirit is connected to this medium and likes this medium. So there's a better chance for them to get information across. So there's no right or wrong. My personal preference would be different mediums. Yeah. I like that. I like that. But too. then beware, as Bob says, you can get a great rating from one medium one day and then go to another medium the next day who can't connect at all or, or, or not get a, a good reading. So that could get frustrating. I mean, if you find one that, that really works for you, uh, yeah, I, I could see going back to that one. I wouldn't necessarily go back to that one very often, you know, maybe once every six months, if you're so inclined. Right. But again, it's, and that's up to the medium themselves. If you get a really good medium with a good reading, chances are you won't, you'll be on a waiting list for a year anyway to get back to them. And then yeah. maybe, maybe one, um, that waiting list will miraculously open up for that individual. If the spirit is pushing, you know, the medium could be influenced just like, the, you know, a loved one can influence a butterfly to fly in your path. It could influence the medium to go, Oh, it's Alice's turn again, or, you know, I, I think I can schedule her for today, you know, and who knows it, who's at play with that. So I guess give it a shot. Yeah. All right. Here's another one. Um, this person um, was talking about his deceased wife and she's been sending him sign after sign. Uh, she has appeared in dreams and is interceding on my behalf at cr crucial occasions as I try to cope with her loss and somehow figure out how to go on with my life. So my question is, how is it that my wife is able to communicate so often and so well, despite the fact that she never put much or any stock into anything beyond <laughs> the physical realm? Um, you know, and of course, it's not surprising, right? I mean, so if 
somebody doesn't believe, doesn't give it much thought, doesn't really believe in life after death, and then they die, and then they wake up, and they're still alive, just in another form, um, throw out all your prior beliefs, you know, you just... You just got knocked on your behind, so to speak. You know, I mean, th- that all goes out the window. You now right. think totally differently. Uh, you know that there's life beyond the physical, um, and you're going to communicate as, as much as you can, right? Yeah, and sometimes they're the most communicative. I, I know my dad never uh, uh, entertained these thoughts at all. And then when he passed, he was. Uh, a stream of communication. So it's, it's interesting that way. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, every single show that we do, we ask for questions and people email and it never fails that we get the same question over and over and over again. And that is, you know, regarding um, reincarnation, you know, so, um, and people, here, my soulmate passed away. Um, I'm worried that she'll be reincarnated before I make it to the spirit world. You know, that's a major concern that people have because they want to see them when they're in the spirit world. They want to be able to communicate with them, um, you know, through mediums and through direct communication. So, um, you know, and, and what if they're not there when I arrive, right? You know, so, uh, I mean, we've addressed this, I think, uh, you know, and Tom, you you do a good job. With it. You, want, you, want, you want to explain this yeah. uh, again? <laughs> Which is not surprising why we have to keep answering this question, because the answer is a little difficult to wrap your mind around. But I, I refer to a uh, a book called Seth Speaks, which was this discarnate spirit channeling through a, an author who wrote down everything. And Seth was trying to explain how things work on the other side. And in this particular question, it can be answered that Seth says that our our souls are kind of like an octopus, that you have your soul, but then you have tentacles. You have tentacles going out in different directions. And one tentacle is us right here now in in the 2021 another tentacle is i'm a knight at the round table in the 1700s another tentacle is out there in, in on mars you can all of these happen at the same time so and what melissa said about soul groups and the the bond of love which is the energy of the universe If you love somebody and they are on the other side and you never stop loving them, you're grieving because you love them. When you pass to the other side, they will be there. Whether they're back on earth as somebody else in another form or not, they spiritually will be there for you when you cross. And again, it's the. I, I understand that the explanation is not very satisfying. In fact, Seth himself said, "I could explain it to you clearer, but your human brain could not grasp it." So we're stuck here with our, our 
human foibles and, and shortcomings. Right. Okay, let's uh, move on to another one. We said, um, do our loved ones who have transitioned know why or how they transit they transitioned? In other words, do they know that they had a sickness or were shot or hit by a car and passed? And do they see themselves passing or feel any pain when they leave this world? Um, I think that the answer um, is yes, that they know how they transition because that's the major evidence that comes through in medium readings. The mediums sometimes even can feel it in their own bodies, how they pass. So the medium will say it passed from, because the person in spirit will communicate to them that I passed from cancer or I passed from an accident or I passed from this. So I would say, yeah. And they use that as a, as a way of, of letting you know that, um, that you're speaking to them. Um, and um, regarding the pain issue, um, I think that the, the pain stops once the, the, the soul or the consciousness is released from the physical body. So you may have pain um, if you're from a disease or an accident. Um, um, but once um, you're in that process of transitioning, uh, people describe nothing but a blissful situation, you know, pain, all pain is gone as they begin their journey to the, to the next life. And also there's a physical medical explanation too, that should add comfort. It's a, it's a situation called shock. Your body goes into shock. That's why uh, you see in movies or somebody, somebody gets shot and they don't even know they've been shot until they see blood running down or that, you know, they lop off a finger in an accident, you know, sawing something and they, they don't really realize it because shock takes over and you don't feel the pain. And there's a quick story. If I can, one of our, the good friends of the forever family foundation is fellow Dave Kane and his son uh, had the uh, distinction of being the youngest person that was killed in a nightclub fire uh, back, uh, wow, 10, 15 years ago up in Rhode Island when a, uh, a band he was watching set off uh, pyrotechnics and it burned the club down and he didn't get out. And his mother uh, was terribly distraught thinking, oh my God, my poor son, and it was in a fire. How painful must that have been? And uh, this, her son, Nick, had sent back a lot of signs, but she was particularly stuck on this until they pulled up behind a car one day when she was uh, emotional, and the license plate said, no pain. And... uh, so, yeah, I think what happens when you get into that state, the pain is is not an issue anymore. Yeah. Okay, um, another uh, question. Um, person is talking about the, the dimension that souls go to, you know, after they cross over, you know, relative to the dimension that we're living here in, on Earth. And the question is, how is it that they can see and reach out to communicate to us but we cannot see where they are and what they are doing. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I understand. I mean, even when you go to a medium reading, they, the medium never tells you what they're 
you know, what the afterlife dimension is like, or specifically what, you know, your loved one is doing. Um, I think that that's just the way that it is. I guess, it, you know, it may have to do with, you know, frequencies and different dimensions. Um, we can't see their, their higher frequency and, um, but they're able to sort of lower their vibrations to communicate with the dense physical world, or, you know, maybe there's more of a spiritual explanation, you know, maybe, um, maybe at one time our ancestors were able to, to pierce that veil and, and, and sort of live as one, you know, uh, but certain, and maybe that's part of our purpose here in the physical is to learn how to do that. But um, I think we're always going to be um, separated. And, and we talk about, you know, as to where that other dimension is, it could be right in front of our face, you know, it's just another plane of existence. You know, we always tend to look up or look down or look to the side, but it could be, you know, I mean, in simplistic terms, right in that other plane of existence is right in front of us. Um, so, um, it, it's a hard question. I, I, I don't know. I don't have a better answer than that. Do you? I think that we're dense is correct, Bob. The dense physical world. We're, we're weighted down by these physical bodies. And we have all this physical stuff going on in our lives. Our, you know, we can't lighten our brains or our, our energy enough to, to be in um, that kind of communication with them. And I don't think we're meant to, because we're here to enjoy the physical, explore the physical, be creative in the physical. And that's for, that's for the next phase of our energy's existence. Yeah. Uh, You know, there's another question that we, we can't really, we can only speculate about, you know, and that's why the person writes about, um, when when a medium makes contact with entities in the afterlife, um, they always seem to have had a previous earthly incarnation. You know, is our afterlife only confined to previously incarnated earthly entities um, as opposed to aliens presuming that they exist? Do they have their own afterlife? You know, it's a legitimate question. I mean, you know, we, uh, no medium that I know of, um, ever brings through somebody that wasn't on earth, you know, I mean, uh, I'm not talking about communicating with angels or, you know, guys, but I'm talking about, you know, bringing through a spirit entity. It's always somebody that's connected to earth. Right. So if, if they're assuming that there is life on, on other planets and I don't see any reason why there wouldn't be, do they, you know, when, the, when they're, when they die and their consciousness goes to the, uh, to the other dimension, is it a different afterlife or is it all the same? <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a legitimate question. I don't know why we think that, um, that uh, only consciousness only exists in the, in the physical world, you know, and, I, in, in our own, you know, and first of all, do, do you, I mean, I'll put you on the spot. I mean, do you believe that there is intelligent life on other planets? I do. <laughs> I believe it could be. Well, give. Yeah. I mean, Buzz Aldrin told me he saw somebody, so I believe him. <laughs> <laughs> Got to believe Buzz. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it it really is an interesting question, and I think that um, 
I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to, to, to formulate an answer about, do they go to the same afterlife? I mean, dimensions are dimensions. And conscious, consciousness is consciousness. Right. So perhaps, you know, we talk about these various spheres and planes that people progress to, but maybe there are different uh, planes of existence for people that were higher, high, you know, had their consciousness was at a much higher level and they're more involved beings where they were when they were in the physical. So now maybe there's, we have to rethink our, you know, people that say there's six spheres or seven spheres, or maybe there's an infinite number of planes of existence. I don't know. Well, I do believe in that. And the evidence was from a reading uh, I got uh, from uh, my father who uh, was addressing an issue that was causing concern here on earth and said that he was wringing his hands and he was appealing to a higher level for help. So yeah, on the other side, there are higher levels. So like we were talking before about somebody who was a narcissistic and abusive, they're not, they're not going to be on a higher level when they cross over, they're going to have to deal with that. And somebody uh, like mother Teresa probably went straight to a higher level. So yeah. And, and then if I can quickly talk about the alien, um, readings with a medium is a two-way street. The medium has to raise their vibration to get to a level where they can communicate. But the spirit has to lower their vibration so that they can get into that common ground for communication. So the spirit has to want to get in touch with that sitter to make the effort to lower their vibration. So an alien has nothing to do with any of us. They're not going to go through the, pro- the, the bother of, of lowering their and, and there'd be nothing evidential that they could tell that you would convince you, oh, yeah, I'm talking to an alien. I agree. I agree with that. And then aliens uh, undoubtedly go to alien mediums, you know, that's yeah. <laughs> that, that, that they communicate. Um, we're just uh, about uh, the end of our time. We'll save some of these uh, questions for the next show. Um, thank you all for being with us tonight. And you we would like to tell you that our loved ones are only a heartbeat away. And science is going to prove it. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Did I say go, Jets? What? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we'll all watch right now. <laughs>